Jack Grealish is like taking the Freddie Flintoff Ashes 05 mantle here and just We <laughs> 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 miss people like Paul Gascoigne enjoy him subscribe now to the OTB football podcast stream wherever you get your podcasts and download the OTB sports app folks you're all very welcome along to this edition of GA Late Night we have got 11 matches to get through this weekend four provincial winners were crowned and there were seven games in the Talchon Cup I'm delighted to say that I've got Michael Quinlivan former Tipperary footballer, home from Paris, 2016 All-Star alongside us today, and Ronan O'Neill, former Tyrone footballer. Boys, I'm not going to start it out. We may as well get out of the way. Two Liverpool fans on the line. How bad a weekend has it been for you? Yeah, it's been bad enough, especially with Derry one today too as well, so we've been still well yeah, heads. There you go, Ronan. Michael, you were in Paris. Yeah, I. it was... Probably the lowest I've ever been after a Liverpool game by by some distance, just very deflating. And then you see kind of what the fans had to go through at the stadium as well. Now, what's picked it back up is seeing the trophy parade going around Liverpool today. Um, but it does kind of feel like this team is about to break up. Looks like Mane's going to leave. So, did um, you did you get caught up in any of the carnage around Paris last night, or were you were you all right? No, we were okay. We were down in the fan zone. Um, so. No, most of the fan zone was okay. We it was up by the stadium where a lot of the, the trouble was, but very yeah, the police were very heavy handed across the board. Even even in the fan zone, there was a huge presence there. So it was a brilliant weekend. Just a pity they couldn't couldn't win it. You are listening to GA Late Night, Michael. We uh, we we might get back into it a little later on, but um, we we'll leave Paris there. Your voice is definitely a little shaky. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to keep you about twenty twenty five minutes. I'm going to see how you're doing a little later, Ronan. Great to have you alongside as well. We may as well start with the Ulster final today, boys. Um, I was flicking between RT and BBC for the, the, the coverage today. And it's fair to say that there was no middle ground. On BBC, the feeling was that this was a brilliant, compelling contest. And on RT, I think Conor Rock described it as the board of the century. Ron O'Neill, you were sitting down watching the game today. What did you make of it? Yeah, I suppose it's probably somewhere in between that. Um, probably some aspects are quite fascinating in terms of uh, the level of condition of both teams and the tactical aspects and the match the, the matchups but I suppose after ten minutes when it was nil nil um you could definitely see that um it was going to be one of those games where it was going to be tit for tat so um I could see both sides to the, uh, as a as a neutral watching the game. And in terms of the compelling nature of it, did you expect any difference going into this game? It was going to be an arm wrestle, it was going to be a bit of a chess match. Rory Gallagher, we knew how he set up Derry so far. He's gotten great joy in Ulster, two massive wins. I suppose Donegal couldn't have expected any different from this Derry side. Well, definitely not. If they if they watched the drum game and the morning game, um, I probably the template was probably to mirror what Derry would do in terms of their tactics, in terms of getting people behind the ball, and trying to pick the moment in terms of when to breach the Derry defence. And uh, I thought that was the only way that probably they could mirror it, or else it would have ended probably up. A bit like the uh, the Tron and Monning game, um, but but it was both teams knew each other inside out because Rory Gallagher's obviously coached a lot of those players before as well, having been done a goal for a number of years. So um, it was always going to be that that way. So it was quite fascinating to watch that aspect. Yeah, hundred percent it was. Um, this is GA late night. I have both Michael Quinlivan and Ronan O'Neill alongside me for the next hour or so. But we want to hear from you, anyone listening in. Feel free to just request to speak. Uh, I'll shoot you a DM, let me know your name and what you want to chat about, what county you're coming in from, and we'll let you on with the lads for a bit of a chat. There's various elements of the game today that we want to talk about. Um, 
the job that Brendan Rodgers did going forward and, you know, the tussle that he had with Michael Murphy, Rodgers kicked three points. But one of the key battles going into it was how Christy McCaig was going to deal with Patrick McBertie. He had done exceptionally well in them last year. McBertie got the buzzer beater to win it. Today again, Ronan, he completely shackled them. Yeah, he did, didn't have him play with Chrissy with in university. Uh, I think he actually marked Michael in the Sigurds final 2014. He'll know a bit about him as well, but he's very diligent in, t- in terms of his uh, man marking and he takes quite pr- uh, a lot of pride in making sure that he nullifies and he does it to the best of his ability. As we've seen before, in Mark and Dorn in the Gint Throne and Mark and Jack McCarnan in the Ulster semi-final as well. So, we mm. um, thought Donegal could maybe brought a bit of a different element to probably bring my Bertie out a bit, maybe to maybe test Chrissy's um, man marking skills out the pitch a bit, because my Bertie has been playing that role for a number of years and probably my thoughts brought something different to it. But um, again, Chrissy did his job for the team and um, he definitely shackled my Bertie's influence in the game. Michael, I'm right in saying that you were marked by McCaig before in, am I, is it 16, the year that you won the All-Star, the tip got to the semi-final? Yeah, we we played Derry and Cavan that year. Ronan mentioned as well. I think we all we did play against each other in in a Sigerson final in fourteen as well. Um, and he he just takes all the boxes and probably what you want in a an inside back, strong, quick. Doesn't like he, he I'd say he's he's quite diligent and in study he studies who he's playing against. He knows how to 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 get the better in a matchup. You know, you you don't go in there thinking I, I have an edge here in one in one or another areas. You're just hoping that the ball can the ball drops right and that you have a little bit of space. Um but yeah, he's a brilliant defender and like look, that's the hardest job in football is week in, week out, going in and marking the best cor- corner forwards, the likes of be your Paddy McBrearties. Um and, and he did an unbelievable job today. What sort of a defender is he? Like is he is he pause is he hands on? Is he dragging? Is he pulling? Is he chatting to you in your ear? No, no, I would I'd just say he's tight, just really, really tight, very sticky. Um, like, look, all all the best defenders out there all know when maybe to, to get hands on the body or just try and get a little pullback so that they can get out in front and, and he's no different there. But he's also really strong then in the air and, and probably an underrated part of it. I know keeping Paddy, Paddy McRitty quiet today was big, but... He's very, very good at carrying the ball out of defence as well, and he's and you can see that that they've started to use himself and Brendan Rodgers to do that with Derry as well, um, and they're they're nearly launching the counter attacks themselves. Ronan, you're neutral today as a throw man. Are you disappointed in Declan Bonner's reign as Donegal manager so far? Um, I suppose with the the talent he has on um, his side, uh, you have to say. Probably from a Donegal person, you probably have to say he's definitely under G. So, but the level, the, the talent, and uh, potential that that squad has, they should have definitely have been further down the line than they are at the moment. Um, definitely thought the Donegal played within themselves today. They thought there's opportunities where they could have attacked with more pace or played a bit more direct. You know, maybe to to put the pressure a bit more on Donny or, or Derry, and especially when they got back to a draw, it was one six to one six and. Um, I thought they could have maybe thrown something different at them. Um, but yeah, probably if you're looking in, um, you would definitely say it's probably a, a, an era in Donegal football where they definitely underachieve rather than uh, fulfilling their potential. I, I don't think we can describe it as a, well, maybe it is like a, a championship win from nowhere. 
Michael, you experienced that back in 2020 when you boys in Tipperary went on to claim that historic uh, Munster title. Cavan in the same year did it too. How far do we think Derry can go, Michael? Even you looking on, what, what, how far do you think this team can go this year? It really does feel like with Derry that it's the start of something that they're they're on. That this isn't their end goal. Might be two or three years time. Um, they certainly have the capability, given the given the teams that they've beaten already this year in the championship, that they'll fear no one. The big difference for them will be you're going to be going down. You're going to be playing in Crow Park against one of the one of the big big guns, the likes of a Carrier Dublin. If you want to win something, um, I don't know are they there just yet. I think they're very comfortable in what they're doing. They know they have their they have their game plan down to a T. Um, but they might just need to evolve slightly in the next two or three years to go and win one of the big ones or the big one, I suppose. Yeah, one hundred percent. We have a couple of people lined up for a chat. There, I'm going to get to them now in a moment. Um, I'd be interested to hear from Donegal folks. Do you think that you are a couple of years away or another year even away from bringing that game plan along, or do you think you can go further? This year, I'm sure you that Derry people aren't going to be thinking about that right now tonight. But when they wake up tomorrow morning, that has to be what they're thinking. Just to go through the results today, Derry have been crowned Ulster champions. A 116 to 114 win over Donegal. I'd love to hear from anyone who's in Clonus. Going to try and get Ashin O'Reilly on, who was reporting for us a little earlier on today. And uh, we, we'll hear from Ashin too. Over in Connacht, Galway. Porrick Joyce has finally won a Connacht title. I think they've lost four of the last five finals they may have lost. They've beaten Roscommon today, 219 to 216. In terms of mixing it up, I'd love to hear from the Bodhi in a few minutes. I'll ask you a question in terms of mixing it up. The Rossies did not mix up their attack in that game, and Galway got great joy out of the way that they were set up. So we'll talk about that. Yesterday in the Leinster final, the Dubs put five goals by Kildare, 517 to 115. It was a disappointing showing from Kildare, I think, in many ways. And uh, yeah, if, if any Kildare fans want to get in touch, any Dubs want to get in touch, just hit the, speak, hit the speaker button and we'll let you in. And down in Munster, Kerry won 28, Limerick 8 points. That game, I think the, the Limerick could have been 1-100 to on beforehand. I think going into it, they weren't given much of a hope and it kind of transpired on the day. Kerry without David Clifford put up 128 in the scoreboard. In the Talchon Cup, some massive results today. Um, I'll start with yesterday's results. Leitrim had a massive win against Antrim, 214-112. And Ronan and the McGinley has stepped down from, from the Antrim gig. I, I presume that Stephen O'Neill going with him as well, so... We might come back to that too. They seem to get a lot of positives in their first year and have stepped away today or yesterday after um, losing to Leitrim with the Talchon Cup. Sligo got by London after extra time, 3.15-2.16. That was a massive win. Sligo seem, seemingly were very lucky to get through that game. Cavan got by down, 24 points to one twelve. So that ends Down's year. It's been a pretty difficult year for them at inter-county level. And today, Michael Carlo beat Tipperary, one twelve to one ten. So, if there's any tip fans who want to get in touch, hit the, re- the request to speak button and we'll let you in. I might ask you about the huge turnover that's in Tipperary and, and squads like that at the minute. We'll come back to that in a little while. Westmead got by leash despite losing Kevin Maguire to a red card early in that game, 113 to 13 points. And awfully bet Wicklow, 18 points to 10. Jonathan Higgins, I have you on the line. How are things? Were you covering the game at all? I was. So uh, we finally got the Nestor Cup back. Uh, it's actually uh, a rare enough occasion where it's been won at home as well. So, uh, you know, a good day all around for the, for the Galway faithful and a, another big, big, badly needed victory for Porrick Joyce as well. He needed that, uh, chatting about afterwards, he, yeah. he really needed that personally as well for the managing around. But uh, a good performance and uh, I think um, with the greatest respect to his comment, he just never had the races to get and it really was a three-point hammering in the end. 
Did you think it was a three-point hammering? Um, I know you're in the car there, so I'll let you throw a question to the lads, Jonathan, before I let you go. Have you, Anthony, wanted to put them about where Galway are at right now? Um, Galway were set up quite well. Um, Roscommon really didn't have, in the first half in particular, it was quite a, a defensive set up. And again, Keen O'Neill's DNA all over it. Really, Galway sat in deep. It's a line of maroon shirts, just pretty much between their 45 and 65. And... I guess ultimately Roscommon really didn't have the, the pace to, uh, to to break that game line. They held on to the, the ball uh, they, at, at stages in the first half in particular. They held it on for quite some time. Um, but there was a big swing really just midway through the, the first half. It was a goal opportunity for Sligo, or for Roscommon, I beg your pardon. They missed it and then Galway went straight down the pitch and uh, it was an excellent team move. Started off with Conor Gleeson to Comer in the century and then just a outrageous piece of Jonathan, I'm just going to mute your mic. Individuals. It's quite a bad line in the car. so Just going to knock you off there, Jonathan. It's quite a bad line in the car. But yeah, that was that was the gist of the game today. Galway had obviously set up really well, Ronan. Um, that was a must-win game for Forex Joyce today. Must-win. And they yeah, are you, are you impressed with what you're seeing from Galway? Yeah, definitely. I've watched them a few times now this year, and uh, I think they're definitely a team with massive potential. You're just really hoping them maybe to, 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 to you know to to bring that potential through. And like every time you watch them, you're thinking maybe this could be the year, or this could be the game where they kick on, and you know they might lose the game where they're expected to win or put up a challenge. But this year, they really seem to have knuckled down. And Keanu Reid has really put his authority or stamped his authority on, on, on that team as, as much as Joyce has too. I know there's a couple of years ago, Joyce wanted to maybe play 15 man for man, basically, but they seem to evolve with, with the game at the moment. And um, I've definitely been impressed with them. They've had some great performances. Paul Conroy seems to be playing extremely well. Uh, Sean Kelly at full-back. I know he's normally been a half-back or a half-forward and he's meant to full-back now and he's, and he's been a massive presence in there. And then obviously having Comer fit um, after his, his injuries over the last number of years has another dimension. He's nearly like, an, like a Conal Callan-esque player inside where he draws so much attention um, from opposite opposition, opposition def- defences and um, it allows maybe others, like obviously you've seen today, Rob Finnerty and Shane Walsh, uh, came to the fore today and, and kicked on and kicked some wonderful scores so um, been mighty impressed with Galway so far And but I think that their test will be further down the line against some of the topper team, some of the bigger teams the likes of Carrier Dublin or a team from from, from Ulster Mick Galway it's, it felt like for a lot of this year hadn't been tested a huge amount they had gotten through Division 2 um, they got the job very nearly were caught towards the end have you seen enough from what Porrick Joyce and, as Ronan mentioned there, Keane O'Neill have brought to the table this year that Galway can actually go a bit further? Yeah, they, they seem to have found the right balance, I would say. Look, they've now taken out the two big big guns in, in Connacht. Their defensive system with John Daly kind of sitting in front of that full back line is really working well. He broke up the play a hell of a lot. And then they're getting the strong runners going through the middle. Um while then leaving some space up the far end for Shane Walsh, Rob Finnerty and, and Damien Comer. And and what I do like about them is the fact of the three guys who are playing in their forward line are a great file for each other. Comer, Comer is, is just so direct. If you can get the ball into him anywhere, he's just so difficult to stop. Shane Walsh was ridiculous today. Like, if there's 
he's he's probably the only other footballer like with with David Clifford who you'll just go to to watch him alone. He's he's just brilliant, I think. Um, and then where Rob Finnerty can kind of just sit off and he can pick off the scores um, while the two lads are running off him inside. So look, there's a lot to there's a lot to be you know happy with. I would say if you're if you're poor choice, I think they'll be delighted seeing Derry come through in Ulster because I'm I'm pretty sure that they'll play each other in a, in a semi final. And I think this Galway team probably has their eyes set on trying to reach an All-Ireland final this year and having a, a cut off the, the two favourites, I would say. Yeah, there was a tweet sent to me a little earlier on today. The provincial winners back in 1998 were Derry, Galway, Kerry and Kildare. So Kildare obviously didn't get the job done for it to be a repeat, but they may have their eyes on that. We, we do have a caller on the line, Ronan Coffey. Do you want to unmute your mic there? Let us know where you're from and what you want to chat about. Hi, how are you, lads? I'm uh, from Clarny there. I was going to ask the uh, the two boys. Um, I think it's kind of kind of gone under the radar this year about how defensive Kerry have been. I okay. was at the I was at the game today or yesterday, and I was in Park Irene as well. And I suppose obviously Dublin gave Kildare hammering as well, but Dublin did it doing great football. Like whereas we've just been really defensive, just not kicking in, trying to run the ball the entire time. Lads, does anyone want to pick that up? Ronan, yeah, yeah. Go on, Maggie. No, no, you're good. Um. Yeah, I suppose it obviously probably comes from that aspect. Maybe Paddy Talley has come in there from Tyrone and he's probably looked at maybe the last couple of years where maybe Kerry have conceded maybe a couple of soft goals. I know last year from from our perspective in in, in Tyrone, we targeted uh, Kerry's defence, uh, especially for, for goal opportunities. We thought if we ran hard at them, uh, we could create uh, opportunities to get goals and it happened to be that we got three in all-Ireland semi-final, which... Yeah. Ultimately, goes over the line. So, I see this year now they've had Tag Morley playing at six, where he drops off and protects the full back line. But maybe it's a, it, there's a there's a collectiveness to it rather than maybe just um, individuals. Uh, so um, they really were, are working hard for each other all over the pitch, where they are um, tackling in twos and threes as a collective group and putting pressure on teams, um, especially inside the forty-five. And also Jason Foley, Tom O'Sullivan, and Graham O'Sullivan have seemed to. <clears throat> really stick to their their man marking duties and, and and are playing extremely well at the moment too. So um, I probably think that they've seen that maybe they need to improve their defensive capabilities if they wanted maybe to get over the line uh, further down the line. So uh, they've definitely been improvement. Ronan, with the prep that you boys did in advance of last year's semi final, as you mentioned, and looking on of what you've seen so far this year, are you impressed by the apparent defensive um, improvements that Kerry have made? Oh, definitely, yeah. Because you're you're always looking for teams to to constantly improve. So you are, and uh, obviously, Kerry have so much um, positives in their game in terms of their kicking style, in terms of forward play, in terms of midfield presence. Um, they're obviously identified that their their defensive system needs needed to be worked on, and they've obviously went away in in the off season. And first of all, they've got Paddy Halley in, who's predominantly a defensive coach, uh, and has put a stamp onto it as well, as well with. Mike Quirk probably and Jeremy uh, mm. Murphy so he definitely they, they've definitely seemed to have got their act together in terms of um, making sure they're not conceding um, soft goals or or um, easy points maybe inside, inside the scoring zone so um, they've definitely it's definitely been uh, a highlight on, on their behalf and it's definitely something that's impressed me Yeah Roland Coffey thanks for the question anything else you wanted to throw at the lads before I let you go uh, not much, I suppose. I understand their perspective, like, but I just don't understand when you've 
I suppose the most skillful forwards in the country like why they're they're tracking back like even in Porky you're in there like Clifford was tracking back and then we'd win we'd win the ball in RD and we wouldn't be able to counter attack wouldn't be able to kick the ball up quick because there'd be no one up forward I think it's really counterproductive you, uh, you have scored 128 and if I'm not uh, but come on now in fairness like against Cork I do, I do think I do think they don't have the ball as much as what you would normally expect from Kerry and that's maybe why you, you would think that they're they're being exceptionally defensive they're, they're trying I think to isolate and leave as much space inside in front of David Clifford and then try and get runners up to him as well um, and, and ultimately I think what Kerry are trying to do is they're trying to put a plan in place that will win them in All-Ireland and to do that they'll, they have to go through Dublin I don't know do they try, like I don't think they I don't think they they can defend man on man against Dublin's forwards and that's why they're needing to get more and more people back there um, and the, the, pro, the, the other reason of them maybe not having the ball as much is they're so efficient actually with their forward play so they tend to always get the shot away within 10 to 15 seconds if they can get up the field or if they turn it over um, because because they're able to move it so quickly with the foot they're probably the, they're definitely the best team in the country <laughs> kick, kick, kick passing wise so um, look I, I, I do think they're they're thinking further down the line and, and 128 while playing defensive football isn't isn't the worst all the same yeah 100 that is interesting but it is an interesting point that Ronan is making there in terms of the defensive setup Ronan O'Neill Clearly, that was a ferocious attacking unit that you boys are going up against last year in the semi-final. Was there any fear going into that? Now, I asked that, knowing how McNamee, McKernan and Porra County performed on the day. But had you any fear going into that All-Ireland semi-final that you might be, you know, kicked, kicked out the gates by Kerry? I think there was always a fear <laughs> when you can see six goals against uh, in Killarney. So... Um... Yeah, there was an element of fear. There was just in terms of you wouldn't didn't want the same thing to happen again. Um, but we knew there was, a, was an, one last game, one last chance, and we were going to throw the kitchen sink at it. And we thought if we had a better mindset and brought a different level attitude and aggression to the game, that you know we would we would be on even even par and even um, playing field. Um, so we thought we have full trust in in, our, in the full back line, but it was a more of a collective unit in terms of Clifford and uh, Gini and uh, Sean O'Shea are only good as the ball they get so mm. we were tired we really focused on making sure that the ball that they got was nearly a 50-50 or 60-40 to them to allow our defenders to give even get a half a chance of um, making it difficult for them to score which I thought that we did um, obviously Clifford is a once in a generation sort of player and he's always going to kick four or five points from play or have his, have his input too but uh, we felt that we could break even or close to even as much as possible. Uh, we would get enough chances ourselves and improve on our last out and against uh, Kerry um, to bring it down as, as close to the wire as possible. Yeah, well, you certainly did. Ronan Coffey, th- there seems to be a frustration in your voice in terms of how Kerry is set up so far. Would that be fair to say? Oh, de- definitely, yeah. I just I can't stand the side of it, to be honest. You know, I've no, I've no problem with some of the weaker counties maybe playing defensive, but these kind of defensive tactics were designed for weaker counties to kind of compete with the best counties. And I don't know why, as a county with the best or the second best panel in the country, is playing such a style where I think, like, even with Ross Garman today, they couldn't sustain it because they didn't have the forwards. But the, the most effective way they played is when they won a long kick out and gave it straight in. 
and they get their score, they get their one-on-one. Whereas we tend to win the kick out and we kind of hand pass the ball around for 20 minutes. And by the time we get the ball up, the entire opposition has filtered back. Well, thanks very much, Ronan, for getting in touch. Great to hear from you. We'll let you go there. Um, we might move on, lads, to away from the Kerry game to the dubs. Ronan Coffey, thanks for that. And if anyone else wants to get in touch, Donald. all they have to do is hit the little speaker button in the bottom left corner and we'll put you on with Michael Quinlivan and Ronan O'Neill. Lads, when we talk about defensive setups and we talk about having a plan to beat the dubs, I witnessed Kildare beat Dublin in the league in Newbridge. And now, granted it was the league, granted it was Newbridge, and it was February. And Dublin did miss four or five big goal chances. I scratched my head yesterday. I couldn't understand how Sean Bugler was able to get the ball on the right wing and pop it into Conor Callaghan, who had an acre of space in the D three or four times in the first half. Uh, can anyone explain to me how Kildare set up the way they did? Go ahead, Maggie. Uh, I actually didn't see the game, so I'm, well, but I'm, Michael I'm, was in Paris, so that's yeah. fair enough. Yeah, you would have well, you would have missed it. You would have had to seen the full game to see it. The, the highlights wouldn't have shown it really. No, uh, well, I think maybe from uh, Tom, I watched that game against uh, Dublin two in mm. um, Newbridge and. Maybe I don't know. I got the sense of feeling that that was a bigger game for Kildare than it was for Dublin in terms of just in terms of their celebrations after the game, and maybe Dublin maybe had that in the back of their head uh, going into a Leinster finals where you know to really put Kildare to the sword. But um, against Kildare in Newbridge, they didn't have Conor Callaghan in the full forward line, so um, there was an element maybe where they felt that they trusted their their full back line maybe to compete as much as possible to allow themselves to to put their own stamp on the game but as you say you can't leave Conor Callaghan 1v1 one, one in, in 20 yards of space uh, in, especially in Crow Park because he'll only end, end up in in the back of the net or at least a point anyway but um, I felt that from watching in I just felt that Kildare probably wanted mm-hmm. to trust their their full back line and try and get as much pressure on the ball putting in but obviously that didn't materialise at all as somebody who's been probably prepared to face Dublin over the last couple of years, would you feel like that is naive? Yeah, it definitely is. You know, you need to generate or create a, a, a sweeper or a plus one from somewhere when the play is developing. Or, for example, if the kickouts went out from one side, from Dublin's to the far side, a person from the half back or a half forward has to get back to help out their defence as much as possible to stop a quick ball into their full forward line where um, a goal opportunity may, may be, especially the, the forwards that Dublin have and the amount of space that Crew Park is as well, you know it's you may get away with maybe in a tighter pitch like a Newbridge or somewhere else but definitely not in Crew Park so um, you definitely have to plan to, obviously Dublin love to kick a ball into the full forward line and create runners, so if you can stop that early, you're in on, on a way then of maybe trying to dispossess the ball further at the pitch um, and prevent them from doing what they want to do so um, it's definitely naive to allow 3v3 inside definitely with the way Kildare and way Dublin play Yeah it was awesome at times watching how ruthless Oh it's class it's class yeah. Have you been in many dressing rooms Michael I'll put it to you first where the manager said to you beforehand at county level go for goal here lads because it felt like Dublin were doing that Yeah I, I think they just had a score to settle since that Newbridge game you know they, they didn't have a great league you know things which is so unlike them, um, and they've really bought that, brought that bite into the championship. You've seen what they've already done to to the, those counties in Leinster. 
in in I I would always I I personally I I would be a go for the goal and then if you can't if you can't get that take a point um we used to do a hell of a lot of small sided games actually under Peter Creeden when he was in charge of us um four v four or five v five which was always focused on goals and I actually think we scored a hell of a lot of goals around that time mainly based off the fact that we we used to play those games and training and um and you'd always go for it yeah so um maybe Ronan, it's it's more sort of games based that you do in training that that, that drives that it strikes me that Ron O'Neill that you would have been similar you'd have gone for goal when you received the ball inside yeah it's obviously your first instinct yeah you're always trying to if you can't score one you're obviously trying to create one as, as best as you can because you obviously have the impact it has on your team and the opposition team as well so um yeah, it's definitely an opportunity. Definitely, almost in the back of my head when I was playing, or and still is in terms of trying to create a goal opportunity as best as you can. But um, probably in today's game, um, with the defensive systems or where it was when I was playing anyway, that it was harder to come by. But you're still trying to generate it as much as possible, especially out of nothing. So um, it was it was like quite pleasing to see that Dublin were quite ruthless, and you know they were their ability to, to go in and. Um, Kill, kill the air off really it's in the set, in the space of 10 minutes really they thought the game was over yeah. and then for two goals in so it was a joy to see Yeah I, I was surprised all week I'm somebody as a Mead fan has been caught numerous times over the last couple of years with a false sense of hope uh, I definitely believed it going into the 2019 Leinster final for some strange reason I believed it going into last year's semi-final I didn't have much hope going into this year but you know I, I, I've often gone into those games at Dublin feeling like if you can just physically match them, rattle them for a bit, don't kill you in the first 10 minutes. I don't know. Is that, is that such an old school thing? Like, is that possible to do against Dublin when you're, uh, when you're underdogs, I suppose? Is it possible to physically match them in the first 10 minutes? Or did they do something, did they do something that just blows teams out of the water and just takes the, takes the life out of their game plan? Because it just felt like Claire lost any plan that they had, similar to me, within that first 10 minutes. Uh, I suppose in 2018 we played them in the Iron Final we wanted to really blitz them in the first half you did um, yeah and I think it came to uh, 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 it came to the aspect where we were 1-5 to not hunt up or 1-5 to point up and it was all panic stations at that, looking back it was all panic stations where boys didn't know what to do at that stage we should have just held the ball and, you know, and sucked the life out of Dublin and you know we had a 6 or 7 8 point, eight point lead and um, we were still trying to do the same things we did in the first 10 minutes and Dublin got into their into the rhythm again, but uh, especially if you're playing Dublin in Group Park, a place where they're so familiar at, and the running power and physicality they have, you definitely need to uh, quiet them down and quiet the crowd down, and you know nearly frustrate them as much as possible to allow yourself to grow into the game, and then eventually put your put your uh, stamp on it and put your authority onto the onto the onto the game too. So um, it's easier probably saying saying it than doing it from. Uh, yeah, no, that's clear. Well, it, it, there's definitely a sense there that, as you said, Mick, Derry and Galway are they're they're on route together. Like I'm sure there's going to be teams in the qualifiers that are going to have a say. Ronan, Tyrone, yeah. Armagh, Mayo, Monaghan. I suppose there's commoner there now. They're all going to be looking at what they can do, Donegal, what they can do in those qualifier games. They're going to be explosive games in the qualifiers over the next little while. But Dublin and Kerry are on a collision course for that All Ireland semi final as well. Um, I had a question for. Michael Quinlivan about the Talchin Cup and I suppose the the ability for it to generate a buzz in a county 
unfortunately, Tipperary were beaten today by Carlo. I think they were on a bit of a comeback towards the last uh, 10 minutes. They just got caught. I'm not sure if you had a chance to chat down the lads um, since the last couple of hours. I know you're flying home today, so maybe not. Um, no, I, I wasn't actually talking to any of the lads, but look, I know they'll be very, very disappointed about you know going out to Carlo today in the first round. Um, like they, after a slow start to a league campaign, they did really well to get promoted out of Division Four. Mm. Played well against Cavan in, in in Crow Park, and Cavan are more than likely probably going to be favourites for the overall Tantal Cup. I would say at this stage. Um, and then, you know, came through and, and unfortunately just came up short against Limerick and came up short today and sometimes it, ju- it just happens. Um, but yeah, they'll be they'll be very disappointed. Probably a few injuries to some of the key players like Bill didn't even talk out today, which is which would be a huge loss. I don't think Robbie Coyley did either. Like there's two of your best men in the transition. Um and, and Stephen's been Stephen O'Brien's been carrying a knock all year. So, you know, you're you're talking very big players there who who weren't at 100%, um, and that, that does affect the team. Um, Stephen Gleeson, broadcast from Tipperary, tweeted earlier on that the Tipperary footballers have to address the turnover of players. Only four that started against Carlo today played in the month, uh, started the Munster final win in November 2020, and only three from that team played against Limerick in this year's Munster Championship. Constant brain drain means it's harder to make progress, and so many counties have this, this I suppose, issue where it's just very difficult. Michael, you've experienced it yourself. You played into county football for the guts of a decade. Um, I'm sure you still feel like you could offer something, but, you know, life changes, there's different things going on, and you just step away. Yeah, and I think you're right. I think a lot of counties around the con- around the country are dealing with the same thing, where there's turnover of, of players. To be honest, most most people, it's it's their own individual circumstance. Um, like for, for young lads nowadays who've, who've been locked up for two or three years, um, and there, if there's an opportunity to to go out foreign or, or travel or, or see the world, you, you have to respect that. They've they've been a, they've it's been it's been a grim enough two years, um, and with things now starting to open up, I'm, I'm sure people are probably looking at that. And like you said, life does just move on. Then in in the same way, I'm, I'm like for myself, I just I knew it was time to go, um, and and I'm happy to be back playing with my club now because um, it's a much more manageable thing living in Dublin doing that so yeah it's 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 hard to nail it down I think you know that's that's the reason why the really top teams stay out on top most of them have a big urban area where loads of the players live um you know that's that's probably the, the biggest benefit Dublin have is having all their players in one locality most of the Kerry players are living down in Kerry um and when you have that it's it's much easier to retain those players other than if they're going foreign um, you're more than likely going to have them uh, because it's 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 in in some situations it's nearly as like a club team because because everyone's around the one area. Yeah, 100. percent I want to I want to come back to this conversation because Ronan, I think you've an interesting perspective on this as well as somebody who's won in All Ireland and decided to step away this season too. Eddie Freel has joined us, I believe, from Donegal. Eddie, if you want to unmute your mic there, you can have a chat with both Ronan and Michael here. Hi, yeah, lads. Yeah, well, very disappointed. Not a goal man tonight, obviously. I'm just mm. wondering, like, I think we've seriously regressed in the last couple of years, to be honest. And I think we're sort of almost running out of ideas up here. Like, obviously, last year we were a bit thrown in the semi, and that was like, not a goal and thrown. It's a 50 50 game at the best of times. The year before that, Gavin caught us in an amb- sort of like an ambush. But like today, we knew what Derry were going to bring. Everyone's seen what Derry's been at this year. 
And they just seemed like they're Donegal was ready. Anyone want to hop in there, lads? Ronan, do you want to jump in there in terms of where yeah. Donegal you mentioned it earlier on? Yeah, yeah I, I did point that out earlier on. I thought that um, I think Donegal have massively underachieved over the last number of years, especially since Declan Bonner's come in with the talent and the players he has at his disposal. Uh, I think that they should have definitely have a couple of Ulster titles um, and maybe further down the line in terms of reaching all Ireland semi-finals and but, um, yeah, today um, I did think it was, an, it was a game where they had to mirror Derry, but um, when you mirror a team and you're in the game for so long, you have to bring something different to the table. And it could have been an aspect where they could have played Murphy closer to the net and played. I know they had a one long ball into the first into the into the square in the first half. They nearly got a goal out. Keelan McGonagall got a hand it, and yeah. um, uh, or Lynch got a hand, or got a saved it. But you know. Um, as a team, you have to constantly evolve, and um, I know from my perspective, playing for Butrone, we knew exactly year in year out what way Donegal were going to play, and how to set up against them, and how to counteract them. And as you say, it obviously was a fifty-fifty game, but um, if you want to progress and get to the next level, you definitely have to evolve as a team. And I definitely haven't seen it over the last number of years with Donegal, and it's been quite disappointing to see this year. And we definitely looking at them. Michael, they definitely have been one of the most disappointing sides over the last three years. It feels like once Cavan caught them in 2020, they just haven't been able to move along or move forward under Bonner. Yeah, and I think I think Ronan's right. I think it's it's down. It's pretty much the same style of play and the same. You know, if you picked up if you picked up a video of Donny Gall in 2018, it's the exact same way of playing in 2022 that they're doing. Um, whereas everyone else has tweaked little bits and pieces and moved moved things along, it does seem like you know the same narratives are still there that were back in 2017, 2018. Where do you play Michael Murphy? How do you base the game to get him in the best position to put you in a position to win? That said, like look, it was it was what a point, two points. Like it's it's very small margins. Um, and and on another day, Donny Gall could easily have come out the far side of that game against Derry. Um, but you just like to see them, you know, evolve um, and and try something new. Uh, they have brilliant footballers. They're well able to move the ball. They can, you know, they can attack you in a, in a number of different ways. But it, it just does seem that they're kind of stuck in this one way of playing that that maybe actually doesn't suit the players that they currently have. Yeah. Well, like Eddie, when you look at it, when you look at it on paper, and you've got Murphy, McBrearty, Mogan, McHugh, to name just a few. You got Langan. You got Thompson. Any amount of footballers, Bond Gallagher, McFadden, Ferry, Patton and goals. Like, Donegal have players that will make it on any county squad and, or any county starting 15 in the country. You must be very frustrated as a Donegal fan looking at that over the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, definitely. Tommy, no doubt about it. Like, the talent is there. Like, they have the squad there and the players there to make a serious push. But, like, I think they've even progressed from a couple of years ago. Like, they haven't sort of. Yeah, like some McHugh's and Mogans, like the strike runners coming from deep, like it seemed to be. Like today it was ponderous stuff, over and back, lateral stuff. There was no real, no one breaking the lanes, mm. except for maybe Mogan in the first half. But like the second half, they got the goal and sort of shut up shop then. They said it sort of twisting the knife, like. Yeah, the, the discourse in any WhatsApp groups I'm in or on Twitter today was very much, what, what on earth are they doing keeping the ball for so long and not getting a shot on? especially as the clock was winding down towards extra time. I think they had the ball in their hands going into the first half of extra time as well. Lads, the, the, Ronan, the, the, the margins are so fine when it comes to an Ulster final. 
Was there an element of fear in their play today? Um, I'm not sure. Well, uh, there probably was an, an element, yeah. But as Eddie said, there there was a case where they kept the ball for so long, and then Murphy got the ball from outside the 45, mm-hmm. and he nearly said the hell with it, and he kicked an unbelievable score. I say it was boot. Yeah, he thought then maybe okay, this and this is where we're going to go. We're going to kick on from here, you know. Um, as you say, as Michael alluded to there, they do have the talent. The talent is there. You know, there's some unbelievable players. Um, Langan, Van Gallagher, Mogan. Um, I just felt that they're just playing within themselves a wee bit, you know, and they're nearly, uh, maybe were a bit of fear, nearly afraid to do the things that they're normally good at in terms of breaking lines and going in twos and threes and, you know, nearly kicking a, a score maybe when they're, sometimes they are under pressure. Um, maybe the mind to the game that the whole type was about Derry, you know, and Derry's first also final in so many years and, you know, that they beat the two top top two teams, I thought. They might have used that maybe as a bit of motivation, you know, to allude themselves. They've been in ten finals in twelve years. You know, they are the top team. And, you know, they'll, they'll definitely show they didn't materialise. And I think uh, once there, I got their foothold in the game. It was very hard for for uh, Donegal to put theirs on as well. And he just came a wrestling, an arm wrestling match then after that. And yeah. it just looked as the game went on and on and on. There, we're gonna we're gonna nip them. I I think it's very very difficult to play against Derry from behind. Yeah. Um, so the, the goal was a killer because Derry want to invite the pressure onto onto you and then hit you as quick as possible on the counter attack. So that's that's nearly the most disappointing thing that was in the first ten minutes that Donegal didn't try to get themselves in front by having a quick start. Mm. It was a little bit low risk, a little bit lateral, um, and that once once Derry got the goal, they could sit in. They didn't really have to commit, and then they could just pick Donegal off when they needed to. Hey, thanks very much for dialing in. Uh, I'm going to bring in Connor McKenna. Connor, I know you were at the game in Clonus today. I have a feeling you were shouting Derry on. Do you want to have a chat with Ronan and Michael here? Well, lads, how are things? How are you getting on? Not too bad. Good, oh, um, yeah, I was I was delighted for Derry today. I suppose I spent a bit of time there at the games and that in Tyrone, probably two counties I travelled to a good bit, you know. But, but I think Derry today were the better team. I thought that the game itself... At being at the match, it was just fascinating to be there. Every mistake was pounced upon. It was just so different being there than being on telly, I suppose. The phrase, nothing beats being there, was really evident. And the crowd, just the atmosphere was so intense. It was just almost refused to lose. It was like nearly following Mayo. Just both sides really wanted it. And you could sense it in the fans. It was just an incredible, incredible day in Clonus. Had you any questions you wanted to put to the lads, Connor? Uh, no, no major question. Just lads about Donegal. Where do they go from here, lads, do you think? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I do think if they if they get a good draw, and well, it depends who they get, obviously. But maybe in terms of and maybe believing Murphy in full forward and maybe bringing McBurtie out uh, and trying to develop something new um, to just to just to evolve their game plan. So because if they keep playing the same way they're playing, they're just going to get they're going to get caught again or. It's just not going to be enough against some of the better teams uh, later down the line. So, um, as Eddie said, one of those, those questions, they definitely have talent there. But um, if they can get their act together and um, draw a performance out in this qualifier, um, they'll definitely be a tough nut, nut to crack as well. But they definitely need to evolve and need to bring something different to the table. Yeah, just one more question. That's just Derry. I kind of said earlier on they could be all earning contenders with the side of the draw they're on. I think that there's certainly a chance to get to the final. Would you go along with that? Uh, I I think I think Galway are slightly ahead. 
I would have Galway slightly ahead of them just I think they're a little bit further down the line I think this Derry team will definitely challenge for an All-Ireland in the coming years um, but it may well be a year or two too soon I think they could do with a big experience of an All-Ireland semi-final in Crow Park against one of the big counties to really test themselves um, outside of Ulster um, because Ulster like Ulster it's 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 so there's such a rivalry there between all of those teams. There's such a familiarity. It's it's very different then when you you step outside the county and look. Hopefully this isn't. Hopefully the Ulster title isn't the top of their hill. They still have a little bit more to go. Um, but we'll we'll only figure that out when when they start to get down to Crow Park in, in all Ireland quarterfinals and semi-finals. It sort of feels like in in ways the the early McGuinness years in Donegal. It feels like you're on. It feels like there you're coming. But it does feel like the need to possibly add another element to their game. Ashton O'Reilly, you're in Clonus as well. Uh, I'm just going to unmute your mic there, if I can. I don't think I can. If you're able to unmute your mic, feel free to have a chat with us. I know you're probably on the way back to County Down. What Hello, Tommy. At- can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you all right. What was that atmosphere like today? Yeah, I'm just on the way back now. Uh, just have his on Bluetooth. But uh, yeah, it was in- incredible. It really was. Um, I know the game itself was probably a bit cagey. I think it was maybe 14 minutes in before we seen any score in the game. I think both teams were trying to figure each other out and they were all men back behind the ball. So it, it wasn't great that way. But uh, yeah, in terms of the whole atmosphere, the, the scenes after when all the Derry supporters came onto the pitch, um, you know, that side of things was, was just incredible. It looked unbelievable, the, the scenes on TV. You called... A couple of massive, bold predictions last summer. You called the Mead women to win the All-Ireland. You also predicted Tyrone would go on and win the All-Ireland. So I'm interested to hear how far you think Derry will go. It's t- it's tough to know. Like It was a really tough game for them today. But I did say that they were going to win today. And I thought that if it got to a dogfight, that they would come out on top. Because we haven't seen Donegal be consistent in the last number of years. So I knew if it came down to the wire, then I was like, Derry will come out of this and look it definitely could have went either way Mm. but yeah I just think that they are trained in such a way now and they're in such a mindset that you know they they want to go the whole way I spoke to a few of them afterwards and you know that's where their sights are set now it's it's going the whole way um they're they're really bought into what Roy Gallagher is telling them um you know that they're so behind him when they mention his name like they literally light up um, they they really buy into the the whole thing, but yeah, look, I think they they can they go the whole way. I don't know why not. We probably would have had Donegal up there to be pushing, you know, in I don't know the top three or four. I I think we probably would have. If they'd um, won, if they'd won, I think you probably would be sent out of it. Yeah, I think so, and I think because it's Derry, we might be saying to ourselves, oh no, because it's Derry, they haven't did a lot over the last number of years, so we're not talking about them in the same. Um, frame of mind but I, I would say that they, they of course they can They like any team that comes up against them you have to get your game plan right and Donegal like, they had the game plan all wrong they sort of went and played how Derry play you know they sort of set up to be that defensive sort of set up I don't think the Michael Murphy role was I don't think that, that was the, the right option um, they're almost so afraid to lose today that they didn't know how to win I don't know if that makes any sense but they had the ball in the last minute of full time, of the normal time and they were coming out of the defence and they went back and forth over and back, over and back. And I was like, what are they doing? They still have a chance here to go down the field and at least try an attack. But they didn't. It was almost like they were playing for that extra time. And I, 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 might bring, I might bring Ronan in there, Ashley. Ronan, have yeah. you ever been part of a team 
at Hojo, but possibly didn't back themselves in moments like that? Uh, no, I well, obviously outside your whole career, yeah, you definitely probably do. It comes from maybe the elements of defeat, or it comes from just having a bad run of of, of uh, games. But um, as Ashley said, there was quite disappointing to see that that when it got to the last couple of minutes, where Donegal didn't push on, especially when they were going to get another chance. You know, they were more happy just to to see it out. Um, it's very hard to flick that switch when you're in that mindset in terms of. Um, having a go, having the confidence maybe to beat two or three men and stick a point over the bar. But um, it's as I said, it's hard to get out of that mindset. And it looked definitely like Donegal were in that mindset today. Yeah, yeah. Ashley, no. so uh, safe home there and I'll chat to you during the week. Ashley O'Reilly reporting for Off the Ball today in Clonus for Derry Donegal. Michael, you're about to hop in. Yeah, just on the Donegal piece, like I think if if you're looking in from the outside, I think their messaging probably all week was don't get sucked into the tackle, don't buy the traps that they're you're trying to set. And that actually just fed into them not risking the ball at all um, and falling into the, the lateral hand passing. I do think they do a lot of it anyway. Um, they like to get their inside forwards on the loop. Yes. Um, so they go lateral, they'll try and get in around the side and then they can try and get McBrady on the loop. Um, or you can you can try to get uh, O'Donnell on the loop on the other side. That's that's kind of their game plan. Um, but it, it just seemed that every time they came within two, three, four yards of a, a tackle, they turned and moved the ball away from it as quick as possible. Um, and that's probably a bit of respect for Derry um, and what Derry had done to, to Monaghan and Tyrone um, in turning them over and then hitting them at pace. Yeah, on that, on that yeah, I, I, I thought that I could I couldn't I couldn't understand why Donegal gave up the kick out. Um yeah. you know, with Derry of glass out the middle. And that was really their only really option to kick the ball long where Donegal you associate Donegal with big, strong, athletic people out around the middle. And I thought there was an area where they definitely could have got at Derry. Um with Alex Langan, McGonagall. Normally have McFadden and Thompson, I know they weren't playing, and Murphy out around the middle. So that's an area where I couldn't understand the first ten, fifteen minutes where Derry were getting short kick outs away. Uh, and then allowing well Derry are so comfortable with the ball allowing to just slowly bring the ball up until they get into their shape and then hit you okay with two or three runners coming yeah. from deep the likes of Ethan Doherty Connor Doherty Gareth McKinless and then eventually getting someone of the forwards on the loop and the score so uh, it was sort of I couldn't understand their tactics on on that behalf anyway definitely today I, I've um, I'm sure you've both been part of full forward lines that have had a, a press in the back pocket I, I couldn't get my head around that as well like we saw Donegal do it against Tyrone. I think the BBC cameras... Oh, no, it wasn't against Tyrone. It was, it was against Armagh. Uh, the yeah. unbelievable press that we saw this year. The BBC cameras showed it behind the goal. And they put Rafferty under savage pressure with that press. We we know that Oren Lynch has been under pressure at times with his kick out. His statistics aren't near, you know, the, the top tier goalkeepers in the country at the minute. And, you know, that's because the standard setters in Gaelic football and goalkeeping are so far ahead. Like, Monaghan kicked wide after wide when they put the squeeze in the Derry press and should have caught them. I couldn't get my head around that today, Michael. You, you probably didn't see much of it travelling home, but like, is it easy to switch on a press, switch it back off when you're trying to do it? Yeah, I thought I thought Derry were brave in their kickouts. Um, like they, Unless you were tight right beside your man, they were going to give you the ball even if, if your man was four or five yards away, which is really brave in your full back line. Mm. And that kind of sucks Donegal forward. But I... 
I just I just don't think Donegal and maybe budgeted for for Derry doing that. They they kind of maybe had a zonal press and and Derry were just being too brave and, and flicking it around them. Um, I, I I find like. I wouldn't be the biggest fan. It's very effective, but chipping the ball out to the edge of the D, I think it's it's part of part of the malaise of Gaelic football. I would call it nowadays. I think if you if you if you took out or if you if all the kickers had to go past the forty five, we'd have a much better spectacle yeah. across the board. Um, well, they have he, they have brought in the Cluxon rule, I suppose, that you can't give it back to the keeper. But you don't think that's enough, do you? Not? No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think like, I just it'll bring back actually. You know, having a, a fielding, you know, men actually going up to try and catch the ball in the middle of the field. And what it also does is it just opens up the whole game. Now, what you'll find in that situation is if you brought in that rule, all of the, the forwards of the opposition team would just drop back out to midfield and you'd have a situation similar to what we have in, probably in Ireland at the minute where one team sits quite deep and then the other team basically has a decision to make on, right, do we go short here? Um, or or do we bomb it down where we know they have three or four extra men? Um, so there's no there's no quick fix. It's just it'll be it's it's a much much better spectacle for for any anyone going to watch a match when the ball is being kicked out to the middle of the field. And even if it's not being caught, there's a there's a battle under the break, um, and and that's kind of the best of what Gaelic football is, I think, a lot of the time. That's interesting. Ronan, would you be for or against the shot clock being brought into the game? And I ask it because we had so many moments in that game where the ball was just moved so slowly between the 45 and the 65. And it looked like there wasn't going to be much intent at all, apart from that Murphy score that we saw from. Yeah, I suppose playing in the full forward line, um, majority of my career, um, it's definitely frustrating when the ball's been passed around the arc. Uh, around the 45, 65 and it's you may make a couple of runs and it's not been given and um, it's definitely a case of where it's installed for managers where you don't give the ball away as, as best as you can and um, maybe it's, it's an element where something to look towards um, again it, it would incorporate high decision making and uh, skill level at, at, at an all time high as well if it was something to be brought in closer in, uh, into the game so it's said every something to look at because today going 14 minutes without no score probably wasn't the best start to an Ulster final um, from, a, uh, from a neutral point of view and looking in from on the TV as well so uh, even though there was other um, that's definitely something that, that could be looked at and tweaked towards and I definitely as, as a trialer anyway definitely in the National League anyway yeah, I'm sure there's people giving out saying they don't want any more new rules brought in, but I don't know. It could be a simple fix to to make the game a little bit more exciting. You see the way the AFL constantly tweak the game to to improve it. Like, and I, they're definitely a, a sport that you could look at. The Talchin Cup quarter they've been brought in. They got a bite to this round, and joining them are Sligo, Fermanagh, Offaly, Westmead, Cavan, Leitrim, and Carlow. Michael, well, to help teams progress. We see, we hear John Mahan talk about it, that awfully want to use it as a, as a way of, I suppose, bringing along their under-20 All-Ireland winners and bringing along some of the younger members of their squad. Um, you obviously achieved serious highs with Tipperary when you guys got to the All-Ireland semi-final in 16. You won your provincial title in 20. You won a minor All-Ireland back in 11. So coming from, a, I suppose, a smaller county in terms of football, in terms of the traditional sense of it over the last 30, 40 years, you, do, you guys did experience the highs, but can the Talchin Cup offer something? Do you think? I I think so. Yeah, I I really do. I think 
for all of those teams that you called out in the quarter final there, I don't think any of them fear each other. Maybe Kavanagh is slight bit headed ahead of the rest. Um, I would say, and, and maybe Offaly would be there, but thereabouts as well. But the rest, it's it's a realistic chance to win a, a championship. Um, and sometimes we do need to take a step back and all players want to do is just win win football matches. Um, and if if at the end of that you end up with a cup, even better again. Um, and I think you've seen it. You've seen some of the upsets and and the games that went on in the in the last sixteen. And that's purely down to probably I would say the the underdog being motivated that they they can go somewhere in this competition. Um, it's not just an aimless you know couple of wins in the qualifiers that you can try to build on. Yeah. And even then, back to John Martin's point, like for a lot of these teams that are now in the Talton Cup, you know it could take some of their players five years to play 10 championship matches if, if you were getting beaten in the first round of finishing championship and then getting, you know, drawn away to, you know, a team that's in Division 1 or Division 2 and getting beaten in the first round of the qualifiers again. And it, 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 ultimately, it's it's games you learn from. You can train as much as you want, but for for those players that they get to play more championship matches, there's more cohesion, more fluidity. Um, it can only be a benefit in the long run to those counties. Ronan, looking on from the I suppose the the privilege of being from a county that more often than not over the last 20 odd years have been All-Ireland contenders once the the campaign kicked off or in the mix at least. Playing games is all the players care about. Is that a fair point that Michael has made there? Yeah, it definitely is. Um, Obviously, yes, you learn a lot from your coaches uh, in terms of the training pitch and what you want to implement as a game plan. But all you want to do is implement that on on a match day situation and play games week in, week out. That's why players love playing National League because it just comes thick and fast where you're playing high-quality teams um, going away to Alexa Castle Bar or going away down to Killarney or playing in Crew Park or um, Clonus uh, or in Healy Park. So, um, yeah, it's definitely all, something that needs to be probably looked at in terms of the training to match uh, ratio, but it's all players. All, all they want to do is just play games and... Um, particularly week on or every two weeks definitely so 100% yeah I, the one thing I in terms of the resistance to tears like we see how how much it matters to win a junior championship at club level it doesn't matter that it's junior it's the same type of medal it's the same feeling it's the same Monday club after you win regardless of what what it is you know so I feel like a lot of counties could really do with having uh, something tangible that could, they could win to encourage players and keep them involved I'm going to bring in Paul last caller on today's edition of GA Late Night Paul, you're on with Michael Quinlivan and Ron O'Neill. Do you want to have a chat with them? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to ask them that the Ulster football final today, how low scoring it was for a long period of time. What what were their thoughts behind a shot clock? I just seen someone vote on Twitter there today. We we literally just had a quick chat about it there. I think we were both in favour for Michael. I didn't get your thoughts on it. Are you in favour of the shot clock? Yeah, I, I, look, I don't, I don't think it's I don't, the issue in the GA a lot of the time is it has to be a one size fits all, so it has to be suitable for a club level. A, a club level as well. I actually think it doesn't even have to go in a club level. Most club games don't suffer from the same fate. Um, and if it, anything can be done to improve the inter county game, where teams are encouraged to attack each other, then then it's definitely something worth looking at. And but I do think it would have to just be inter county alone. Um, which mightn't be the worst uh, idea anyway, because I do think we probably need to start separating the two. Um, in County. Yeah, 
Oh, no, that's an interesting point and an interesting way of looking at it because it's definitely uh, something that's often used to, to hold us back from making certain changes. Paul, thanks very much for calling in there. Uh, I think we're going to wrap it up and leave it there, lads. Um, unless you have any last words, like I think the, the awesomeness of Dublin's performance yesterday, Ronan, definitely has people looking on with a little bit more fear about them again. Were you surprised? This is probably a final question here. Were you surprised by how flat they were in the league or did, were you worried by that at all? Uh, worried about them in terms of that as from the team that were obviously winning games and playing such a high level for so long that they were put in such a, a subpar performances in, in in the league. But um, I don't know whether it was the impact of Conor Callison coming back or it was the break after the the National League where they got their heads down and got they've definitely seemed to be rejuvenated or rejuvenated and they seem to have definitely got. Uh, the bit between their teeth back again, and um, they definitely will have a say, say in the championship come the latter stages of, of the competition. So, um, bit surprising, yes, the national league, but they've definitely seemed to have their groove back anyway. We have a last question in here. Uh, a tweet that's been sent in between them: Shane Walsh, Damien Comer, and Rob Finnerty kick one fourteen today. Can the three of them kick Galway on to repeat a ninety eight? <laughs> Uh, Mikey, you go first. Um, I, I think Shane Walsh himself could probably do it. Um, really? Yeah. I, yeah. I, 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 I really do believe that. Like, I, I don't think I've ever seen a Gaelic footballer who just looks like they have all the time in the world. He, there was a couple of times he walked up the field with the ball and then just ran past two or three it, lads and stuck it over. It was incredible to watch. Yeah. Um, and what he's doing is he's pulling teams. They're having to worry about him out in the 65, and that's where the space has been left inside where Damien Comer and Rob Finnerty can do the damage. Um, I think I, I think they have the firepower. Um, it's just a case of, of whether it stands up um, to a sterner test against a team who will score back. You were playing that day when uh, Walsh scored that point that if it was scored in 2022 it'll probably have 57 billion views on TikTok were you playing that day it was against Tipperary wasn't it the the touch from the, the 45 45 yeah, well, drops short takes the touch uh, okay. it was, that was ridiculous yeah ridiculous but look I, I just I think he's, he's just brilliant to watch um, and for any young fan going to watch a Gaelic football game he, he, he has everything you know left leg right leg can Go past you on the inside. The side steps are just <coughs> sending, lads, sending lads to the shops for a sausage most of the time. Yeah. Um, he's just he's brilliant to watch. Ronan, looking on from the outside, and I've uh, my dog here barking at me. So apologies about that. Uh, looking on from from at, at Shane Walsh, is he somebody you would have admired? That bit of flair, that extra bit of skill that he brings. Yeah, happy enough. I actually came across Shane when he probably he's the same age as me in terms of college football. He played for St George's Tomb. Uh, and that is he was kicking up, he was kicking free with left and right foot and you know you could obviously see at that age he was going to be uh, a star at Gaelic football so um, I think it's as, as Mikey said for any young person you know looking to be a county footballer looking at him would be a starting point in terms of his ability to go off either side um, kick with his left foot kick with his right foot pace power um, kicking ability is unbelievable it, it's just my worry would be 
can he do it on a consistent le- consistent level now from now from now to the end of the year? Um, I know we, before he he might have kicked one six one seven, and the next day he might only kick two points and have an off. Day. Um, he has a capability. I'm just hoping now that he can maybe show it on a consistent level from now into until whenever or how far they go. So, but uh, as he's an absolute joy to watch uh, on the Gaelic pitch. He is a Rolls Royce footballer, you'd say, and I, I definitely think there has been signs that Walsh has consistently delivered. At the yeah, he's definitely improving. He's definitely improving. Yeah. Yeah. even decision making has been a big, a uh, big thing this year. Looking on from the outside. So, Ronan O'Neill, thank you very much for joining me on GA Late Night tonight. No problem. Thank you very much. Get it. We'll be talking against Loyal and, and supporting Tyrone. Um, again, let me get, just get a prediction from you. What's the feeling uh, going into that game against Armagh? Are yeah, they going, I think, uh, are I think, they going to be a bit of a response from Tyrone? Yeah, well, personally, and obviously chatting a few of them, myself, I think that's a draw. They definitely got their their tails up anyway. You know, it's after what happened the last day um, against Derry. You know, they needed they'll definitely need a response and no better game to get themselves geared up for um, than Armagh. Definitely athletic grounds, and I definitely think that they'll definitely get want to get one back in terms of how it panned out in the national league. And you know, I'm sure you'll definitely see a rejuvenated performance and um, I do think Tyrone will come out on top and also the additions of the under-20s will definitely add a little bit more uh, energy to the energy to the squad so uh, it's exciting times hopefully for, for Tyrone and uh, well, the, the qualifiers definitely Ulster minor winners today as well they got by Derry in that game earlier on today in Clonus um, the, the, the talent line is still going in Tyrone uh, any word any, will any of the 20s I know young McLean definitely has the size and the power to impact at inter-county level already. He's just a horse of a man. Do, do you think the 20s can make an impact this early on? Uh, well, obviously it's a big step up, but um, I know there's been a couple of called in there so they have, but uh, I'm, I'm sure you'll, you'll, you will definitely see Rory Canavan at some stage because he's, if we've seen how good Dara is, I think Rory's just a little bit better maybe than Dara at the moment. So um, if Throne want to... Do you know, go further down the line in terms of people we're talking about maybe just not having the same impact off the bench and def- I'm sure you'll definitely see Rory Canavan and just I'll leave it at that. Yeah, uh, brilliant. Great with your time tonight, Ronan. Michael Quinlivan, thank you very much for sticking with us for the hour as well after your weekend in Paris. Get a, good night, get a good night's sleep, appreciate it. Uh, Michael will be back on GA late night in the next couple of weeks as well. So looking forward to that. Ronan, we'll speak soon. Appreciate it, lads. Yep. Cheers, Tommy. Thank you. Uh, thanks very much for everyone to everyone for listening in tonight. Um, I suppose we'll all go watch and watch, go off and watch the Sunday game again. I don't know. Um, will the repeat of Derry Throne put people off or will they be going to watch the dubstick five goals past Kildare once more? But uh, uh, I'm definitely going to have to watch the, another repeat of the game. So thanks very much for listening in. If you missed us live today, you will, of course, get the show back in the OTB podcast network. We will be podcasting it into the GA feed. And that's also where you'll get all of our GA on Off the Ball this week. There'll be reaction and analysis on Off the Ball tomorrow night with Joe Malloy. Ger Gilroy and Owen Sheehan are going to be in studio tomorrow morning on OTB AM from 7.30am and they will of course have plenty of GA as well. We'll have the football pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue this week. It's coming to you on Monday. I'll have to make it a shorter pod this week because we are in Castlebar on Thursday night for our first live show. So we can't wait for that. Thanks very much for listening in and we'll speak to you again on GA.